you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. I hope this finds you well. Uh, we're sitting here. We just got done praying for you folks, asking that the Lord would do a work in our lives and uh, would do a work in your lives that we would just present the true living word of God to you. Uh, Brother Kevin, as we move forward, I, I think uh, what's coming to my mind today before we hop into question, I'm thinking we go toward unity today. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. How are you doing, one. brother? I'm doing well. Yeah. Looking forward to this broadcast and looking forward to, uh, you know, getting help, giving help. It's, it's always just an encouragement to me. And I really appreciate Doug, the fact that you diligently stay on this path, however many thousands of broadcasts that you've done and, uh, giving me this great honor. I love it. Oh, I love it too. God's been good to us, brother. So when we think about Paul, I always think about being shipwrecked. You know, I, I make the comment that I don't even think I want to go out on a boat in heaven with Paul. I don't want to go on the crystal <laughs> sea. I mean, there's just certain things I don't want to do. But when we think about Paul, Paul was shipwrecked on what island, brother? That's your question today. What island was Paul shipwrecked on? Yeah, Paul was shipwrecked. Oh, man, I'm not going to guess the one because it was the one that John was on. And, and that uh, if I say it, you know, it, it might be, I know it's the wrong one, but it was um, the, oh, my soul, the island of, uh, oh, it, it wasn't Patmos. I know it was, but so Paul was, uh, give me the countdown. Dee, 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 dee. One, so, two, three. Paul was yeah, shipwrecked I, I, on Malta. Was it Malta? Malta. Yeah. yeah. Or Malita. Yeah. You know, Malita. Yes. Yeah, yes. that was a tough one. And oh, what are you going to do, folks? And, and you know, again, I, I try not to think about being shipwrecked. You know, I had a boat 18 foot from a bow to stern light when, uh, uh, years ago when I was in the Army and, and uh, when I was a kid, even before I got married and stuff. And I sank that bad boy. And there's memories that come back whenever I think of a ship sinking. It just, uh, I hit something in the water. Anyway, that's a long story. But we think of the word <laughs> unity. God expects us to have unity, he expects us uh, not only to be yoked up with uh, fellow Christians, to be a member of a local body of Christ. And we can help you with that, by the way. If you need to find a church, we'd love mm-hmm. to help you do that. And, and he expects us to be of one accord, one mind, or the word unity, to have unity in Christ, to believe in his word. Now, there's some things we're just not going to agree on. I'm, uh, you know, some people may think, well, this is the best car ever made, and someone else thinks this is the best. God's not talking about that. When we talk about unity, we're talking about believing in God and what God's Word tells us. In Philippians, there's Paul. He's in jail. Uh, we don't know through the book of Philippians. We're told it's a few different letters, that there's a first jail stay and a second prison stay and whatever. We're not sure how many days are in between. We don't know a whole lot until we get to heaven on that, but we know that in Philippians 2, he 
says, fulfill ye my joy in verse number two, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And and, and God said, telling the church at Philippi, listen, fulfill my joy. Just be like-minded. When I went out there and helped plant the church and train your leaders, uh, we, we knew that it was about Christ. He saved us. He He's made a difference in our life. So be like-minded. It tells us over in 1 Peter 3, 8, finally be all of one mind, having compassion, one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. And, and Kevin, it, it just, it, God's word saying, listen, you know, there's things worth fighting over and it's me. Everything else is just, well, it's not unity. Unity is in God, his word and serving him. Yes. Yes. And you know, I'm thinking unity is not just the absence of fighting, but, um, but also the, you know, the, the, the presence of pushing forward, uh, the, the Bible says endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. I love Ephesians. It, yeah. Praise yeah. God. That's it. Yeah. Ephesians four. And there's this discussion in, in Ephesians four of unity and then uniqueness. So there's two sides of, of God's church. One is that two, two things required. One is an affirmation of unity. The main thing is we're all in the same boat. We're all doing the same thing. The Bible says, in fact, in the book of Philippians, that you all speak the same thing. And so there's, there's a uniformity to a certain degree in, in unity in that if someone's out there saying, I'm going to be unique, you know, don't, don't, uh, disaffirm my uniqueness. Uh, but what they're actually doing is speaking kind of little heresies here and there saying, well, this is what I think heresy means by the way, a self-willed opinion. Uh, and so if someone is there saying, well, I just don't agree with this. I don't agree with that. And I, you know, and they're just always spewing out their own version of things to, to kind of get the attention of them. That's, that's not unity. That and, and so what they're lacking is that oomph of drive that's that says we're team, we're on the team player. I believe it was John Wooden who was a great, I forget what team he was a um, uh, a coach for college basketball, uh, I think, right? Okay, okay, yeah, I think so. And he had a there's a book of quotes by him. I used to pastor a great soldier uh, who who was a real fan of John Wooden, but Wooden says something like you know what doesn't impress me as a as a team leader is when someone wants to shine out for themselves. He said they can be very good in shining out, but what impresses me when someone comes and does the job so well to he knocks out of the park, but he's doing the job he's given to do. He's staying in his lane and he's killing it. And, and so that, that helped me to realize, you know what, there's uniqueness, but you know, uniqueness is not saying, Hey, I'm going to show up on the basketball court with a bow tie tonight. Ha ha ha. And kind of get all the attention and show that I'm unique. You know, I'm just going to be that guy. <laughs> you know, every church has one of those guys that he's, you know, he's just, he's just got to always pull stupid stunts to draw attention to themselves. And if you, if you humor them, the lunacy will never end. And so, um, that's not what we're talking about. That's, you know, unity. The Bible says endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. And there's a spirit of unity. And you know what? It comes to a point where we have to say, Lord, I'm being sensitive to your spirit here. And I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let the leader handle it. Or if I'm the leader, I'm going to stop. and I'm going to just encourage people to follow the Lord. I'm going to 
I'm not going to preach this service or I'm going to have an invitation kind of out of place um, uh, uh, because why? I want to keep this unity of the Spirit. God is drawing our church to himself, and in the process, we're going to be together. And that's unity in the church, but it's teamwork. It's it's the idea in a family you know what, let's all gather around God's throne and let's talk to him about our problems. And uh, I wish I'd done that more as a, as a dad, but you know what? I still got kids and I got grandkids now, so I'm trying to do that. It's still ongoing. Unity. Yeah, you don't lose the dad uh, thing in your life, and that's a great thing that God allows us to continue on in that area. And, um, boy, unity is all that. In the end of that verse, it gives you a bond, you know, that unity of spirit gives you a bond in peace. And I don't know about you, friends, but peace is a wonderful thing in our lives. And boy, don't we strive after that. We find ourselves moving on in the life of Christ, and we've been doing that through the book of John. And we're going to be all over the place, and and, uh, we're going to keep on talking about the life of Christ just as long as God gives us breath and the ability to speak until we move on to the next subject. But it says over here, starting in John 10, starting in verse 16. We're only doing three verses today, uh, 16 through 18. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. So we're bringing others along. Uh, Therefore doth my father uh, love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man take it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. And, you know, Jesus is talking about a broader mission. Again, we've been talking about the mission. Remember the mission. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, our mission is to bring honor and glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His mission is to reach the people of the world with the gospel. And we're part of that and to love the people and to care for people and to look out for the sheep. And uh, so we got to remember his mission. It's, it's a bigger mission. we got to remember his audience. But you know what he said? I love this community thing. He said, there's more sheep, and they're going to hear my voice too. And they're coming in, and it's going to be okay. And we want to bring other sheep with us. We want to say, hey, come with us. It's going to be all right. And, and let me tell you about what God did for me. And, uh, and he speaks of his love for his father because of his willingness to lay down his life. And, you know, my love for him as a shepherd is because of his willingness to lay down his life and because he did lay down his life for me. He didn't have to. God would still be God without him being crucified for my sin. God would still be worthy of everything in my life, but he did that for us. He, he laid down his life for us. You want to talk about unity. Unity begins at the cross, friends, and, and what he did for us. So anyway, hang on for a second. Let's let the radio stations. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. You know, Kevin, and we find here again that that Jesus has full authority, full power over death and life, has full power over us as his sheep. And, And when we submit to that, 
that we talk about this unity, we talk about this peace, we're talking about how God can change things when we as sheep follow our shepherd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the, uh, he's talking about unity. He is going before us, and um, if he's going before us as we follow him behind, we're looking at him. You know, we're not looking at the sheep next to me saying, well, your breath stinks. <laughs> well, look at that. Look at that coat of wool. What, you know, where'd you get that? Goodness gracious. You, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to help each other to be, to follow him so that we can all get where we need to go together. And that's, that is unity. Unity does come from leadership. Everything rises or falls on leadership. And uh, I thought it was interesting talking about leadership. This chapter is about good leadership, really. When he said earlier that the they shall come in and go out and find pasture, that was verse nine. That reminded me of when the great leader Solomon took over after his father David. I love how he hit. He came out of the gates with a good attitude. He did well, particularly in the beginning. And this is what he said in his prayer. He said, "Lord, I know not how to come in and go out." And here. That's a that's a sheep and a shepherding term. And it seems like Solomon was saying, Lord, how can I pasture, pasture, pasture this great group, this nation of Israel? They are the sheep of thy pasture. How in the world am I going to do this? I can't go in and go. I can't. I don't know how to go out and be the good leader. I don't know how to, you know, when to bring them back in. I don't know how to protect them. And he made a great prayer and he said, Lord, give me wisdom about this. And God said, you, you are asking the question that no one else does. And because you're asking for wisdom and not riches and honor and the palace, I'm going to give you all the wisdom. I'm going to give you more wisdom than you could ever imagine. And you're going to then get all the other goodies as well. And, and again, that's the God that we serve. But, uh, talking about leadership, the, uh, the, the, the savior, Jesus Christ, was the ultimate leader in that he laid down his life. And he said, therefore, verse 17, you read it, doth my father love me because I laid down my life that I might take it again. And, you know, it's just a great thing. If if you've got a leader that died for you, that is, I mean, that will make you say, I guess what? Nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to go in his memory, in his name. But what if that leader that died for you then comes back somehow to live in you? And it's not science fiction. It's reality. And it's the only time this could ever happen is because he filleth he ascended on high that he might fill all in all. So after he died, he rose again. He went up to heaven that he might fill all in all. So he is specifically living by his spirit in the body of each believer. And with him inside of us, not only do we say our leader died for us, we said our leader is living through me and the spirit of God is is enacting his life now in me as the Father has sent me, so have I sent you. And he's reenacting his life. So we're going to press forward if we have to lay down our lives someday. I don't want to. I'd rather live for him than die for him. But guess what? I've got him inside of me to reenact that whole thing. And then I will then, as a result of that, get the crown of life that is going to be, you know, just so much more worth all the 
the heartache and pain of this life. And so if you're suffering and you're going through some stuff up to and including death, let's remember if it's done for Jesus sake, the same treatment that he got from his father that loved him so much that he was willing to do that. Like Abraham laid down his son and God said, because you're willing to do that, I am going to bless you. So as we suffer, let's go ahead and be an Abraham and be a Jesus, you know, you follow those steps and say, Lord, as a result, I am, I'm going to be participant of not only the, the bad part, but also this wonderful comeback, even in this life while we're still alive, this wonderful comeback that God gives to people that uh, do this, Doug. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, I, I've been thinking about this as we we're talking and, and, you know, I, I, I forced myself to learn a lot about sheep when I was in Australia. I got, I got to be honest with you, brother. I learned how to say Australia. I, 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 I learned, I, I didn't like, uh, lamb and I went over there and the first night we were there that we weren't busy. Uh, my dear friend who I was with Adam and, uh, Adam took me over some dear friends of he and his wife and they fed us a wonderful meal of lamb. And I mean, it was just delicious. And it just, it, my mind was thinking about sheep, the shepherd. And, uh, I went home and I was thinking about sheep and shepherd and folds and all these different things. And we know that folds are out of these groups of sheep. You know, there's different folds. These ones need attention. They got to cut. They, these ones need to be fed. These ones need to be this. They're, they're all different. And, but God's word is saying, you know, we all flock together. We all come back together that there there's unity and there's safety in the gospel message. There's unity and there's safety in Christ. You mm. see, you see, we're not, this isn't about ecclesiastical unity, even though I think that's important with your church. I think unity is real important with your church, but I believe the Bible's taken us to a different level here. Mm. And it's talking about loyalty in Christ and the single gospel message. And a lot of people will say to people like Kevin and I, well, what about this? this group of people or this denomination or that denomination, folks, it really doesn't come down to a denomination. It comes down to a relationship where you accept Jesus Christ and what he's done to ensure that we're saved and spend eternity with him. We, where, where this unity comes around a gospel message. And I know we started with that idea of unity, and I'm always amazed how God brings all this together, but there's, there's great unity in that. And so the unity of believers, I think, is a central theme of everything we've been covered, uh, covering, and I think it involves the gospel message. That the the gospel message is is really inclusive. Everybody gets to go through that door, Kevin. Everybody's welcome. <laughs> yeah, talking about unity. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes we forget that. It's really, like you said, it's unity with Christ. It's oneness with Christ that makes the difference to the world. And, and so, yes, we gather into the, to the fold, as it were, of the local church and praise God for that. But we should never say, like, uh, you know, jo Job's take on his friends were, he's, you know, his friends spoke like they were the last word on everything. And they thought they knew <laughs> everything about his suffering and, and, and his past. And, 
And he said, no doubt, ye are the people and wisdom shall die with you. So he was saying, yeah, you know, sarcastically, you guys are the, you're it. You're the last word, no doubt. And, you know, I think sometimes when we get something right, we, we fail to remember that we still have blind spots. We still have areas where we don't have everything right. And blessed is the person that says, you know what? I don't, uh, I, I, I don't know of anything that, you know, that I, that I should believe that I don't, I don't know anything that I shouldn't believe that I, that I do, but, um, you know what? I, I know I'm not seeing it like Jesus sees it. So, uh, you know, it says in Mark chapter nine, and I know we need to end here pretty soon. John answered master. We saw one casting out devils in thy name and he followeth not us. And we forbade him because he followeth not us. Jesus said, forbid him not, for there's no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. So these guys found the power of God on a personal level outside of that fold. And uh, and God's going to bring that all together and, and straighten it out someday. Hey, I don't want to leave the fold of the disciples of Jesus Christ because there's someone outside. But I don't want to throw stones at them just because they're not in the same group that I am. Yeah, so much there. And folks, when we talk about unity, we remember those of us who suffer from PTSD and go through the rough stuff. We don't want to hang out with a crowd. God saying, listen, it's not about that. It's about believing my message and they will come. Listen, we hope you have a great day today. And listen, when you go out today, wear that smile that only God can give you. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.